Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Infectious Diseases. I'm Luke Worley and this month we are discussing screening for tuberculosis among migrants entering the UK. Let's hear from our guest interviewer who is an author of the paper, published today on Monday, March the 21st. I'm Dr Rob Aldridge and I'm an academic clinical lecturer at University College London. To kick off, do you want to just give us a general overview of how the screening process works? Absolutely. In 2005, the UK government began a pilot programme looking at screening migrants before they arrived in the UK as part of their visa application process. So essentially what happens is that anyone wanting to come to the UK for more than six months has to have a medical screening certificate to show that they're clear of TB. And what this involves is them going to a certified clinic, having a chest x-ray, If that chest x-ray has any suggestive signs of tuberculosis, they're then required to give a sputum sample. And if that sputum sample shows that they have TB, they're then required to go undergo uh, treatment and then re-screening after that. Anyone that doesn't have any signs on their chest x-ray or is clear on their sputum sample is given the medical certificate of clearance, which then allows them to go on and fully apply for their visa and then enter the UK. And we looked at the, the pet data from the 15 pilot countries that have been doing this since 2005 in association with the UK government and the International Organisation of Migration. Why is this screening important then? I think it's important because several countries have achieved a low incidence of tuberculosis whilst having high migrant populations from countries with a high burden of TB. And in these countries where there is a low incidence of TB, a large proportion and an increasing proportion of their cases are detected in migrants. So if these countries are going to achieve the the goal of eliminating tuberculosis completely, there's going to be a need to um, improve multiple interventions, including potentially migrant screening. And this will hopefully help them achieve that that aim of achieving tuberculosis elimination, as well as the potential benefits of avoiding transmission in this population and the potential benefits to the individual migrant themselves in terms of having their TB detected and treated early. How has this screening system changed in the UK and how does it compare with other countries? In 2005, when the pilot programme began, the UK at that point was mainly conducting screening in migrants at the point of of them entering in the UK. So if they arrived, for example, in Heathrow or Gatwick and they were from a country with a high incidence of tuberculosis, they had this chest X-ray performed at the point of UK visa immigration control. What's happened since the pilot program, which showed that it potentially was cost-saving, they've stopped this screening program at the points of entry at Gatwick and Heathrow and have moved it to pre-entry. So when they conducted the pilot, it was in 15 countries, but it's now been rolled out to 101 countries with high incidence in migrants coming to the UK. And this is similar to a number of countries, including Australia, Canada, France, USA, who also do this pre-entry screening program. But there is a real internationally, there's a mixture of pre-entry screening, which is what we're talking about today, and the upon-entry screening program. And also some countries just do post-arrival. So they screen in primary care when a migrant registers with with a general practitioner, for example. So it's a mixed picture, and there are lots of countries doing it in different ways. Moving to your study then, could you just give us a brief overview of what you were aiming to do? So within our study, we really wanted to look at, for the first time, the data from these 15 countries that took part in the pilot and understand 
what the prevalence and risk factors for tuberculosis in the migrants coming to the UK were. We were doing this to try and help improve and inform policy development in this area that ultimately aims to improve the health of migrants. What were the main findings and risk factors for positivity for tuberculosis at pre-entry screening from your study? During the, the pilot period that we looked at, 2005 to 2013, just under 500,000 visa applicants were screened in the 15 countries. And we found that overall the crude prevalence of bacteriologically confirmed tuberculosis in this group was 92 per 100,000. There were really three groups of individuals that were an increased risk in, in our risk factor analysis. Those migrants reporting that they'd had close or household contact with a case of TB at the point at which they were screened. Migrants who were coming on a visa or a settlement or dependent visa. And interestingly, we found that migrants that were screened at sites where culture testing was performed on the sputum samples, in addition to smear testing, were also at an increased risk of being detected with active pulmonary TB. We had a slightly interesting finding that when we looked at, when we stratified and updated our meta-analysis for the country detection rates across the 15 countries and updated our meta-analysis, which we published previously, we found that actually the highest incidence was not in the the countries where there was the highest incidence of TB and we think we put that finding down to the fact that this was a pilot study and actually that there probably was there was an improvement of the detection rates over time so we kind of urged some caution in the interpretation of that because of this data being from a pilot system. Could cost effectiveness be an issue for this screening? I think the major important point when thinking about cost effectiveness is the perspective which you take in that analysis. If we're just to think of the UK government's perspective, I think probably comparing pre-entry to what we were doing previously upon entry is likely to be cost effective because the costs to the UK government are substantially decreased because in the new pre-entry programme, migrants pay for the pay for the screening and treatment themselves, whereas previously that would have been the UK government. If a cost-effectiveness analysis took the perspective solely of the UK government, although we haven't done the study, and I think it's important to do that study, it's probably likely to show that it is cost-effective. I would urge some caution in thinking about the, the, the study in a perspective like that, because I think actually we should think possibly from a wider societal perspective and the cost, the shifting of that cost to the migrant. And I think that's an important question that a, and a perspective that a cost of analysis should take. And really, is it cost effective to no screening or to the upon entry screening when you take a wider societal and, and, and an international approach? And I think that analysis is an important one that we're actually starting to think about doing now. How will collaborations and agreement between countries be important to guarantee the effectiveness of pre-entry screening for the UK? This is an important question and actually it follows on from the systematic review and meta-analysis that we did previously and what that showed that there was real heterogeneity, a variation in the way that screening protocols were working across countries and really highlighted the importance of that collaboration to ensure that best evidence was being shared and that there was some uniformity across the screening programme so that migrants were getting kind of good screening, high quality screening. So I think that that systematic review showed the importance of that. And the, uh, the UK's pre-entry screening programme when it was set up was really conducted in collaboration with countries that were already doing it, such as the US, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. That collaboration is ongoing. We hope that our results of this study can inform that and improve the best evidence in those countries. And, and I'm sure it will do. My colleagues at Public Health England and the International Organization of Migration sit on those groups and, and really are, are using that evidence to inform and improve policy in this area. Looking at the broader picture then, 
Um, Europe is facing a migrant crisis that involves the arrival of both documented and undocumented migrants from different Asian and African countries. What are your thoughts about the best ways to screen for tuberculosis in, the, in these migrants and offer them the required health care? I think this is a really important question that really is kind of off, it isn't within the remit of what we've looked at within the study because we were, were looking at do- documented migrants alone. I think because of that, we don't we have a lot less evidence in that area. And I think the first important thing to do uh, is to improve our knowledge and understand the burden of disease in this population to inform and improve our policy in, in that area. I think health access is important, particularly in the area of, of TB, whereby we want individuals with signs and symptoms of TB to seek health care early because we know that that can reduce the transmission and spread. And we know that early detection and treatment can improve the longer term outcomes in those individuals so they have less complications and they're less likely to die as a result of the TB. But I think also we should, we should bear in mind that this group of individuals is a vulnerable population and focusing on tuberculosis alone is a rather narrow concept and I think we should be thinking about understanding why the health needs of this population and and really thinking about prevention and, and, and early detection and the provision of health care and preventative interventions in that group earlier. If we do that, I think it's likely to improve the health of the population in this group which is vulnerable and, and really you know, from a wider societal perspective that has to be an important issue and something that we should be aiming to do. Finally then, since you were recently the deserving winner of the Lancet Young Investigator Award, can you tell us a bit more about your research into health inequalities faced by vulnerable populations? Yeah, thanks very much. It was a, it was a great achievement I'm, that I'm really proud of to get that award and it was based upon this work and, and the subsequent study that we're hoping to publish which looks at what happens to the migrants after they arrived in this population, in the, in the UK. Sorry. And some of the methods that we developed for that study to be able to virtually track an individual prior to coming to the UK and then, then afterwards can be used in other vulnerable populations. So we've previously 